Wake up, it's time for Transformation Radio. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. I'm excited for this weekend at the celebration that we are going to have to, to honor some men that have been faithful, that have been committed, that have fought through some uh, definite battles through the time staying through the refuge. But we get to have a celebration time this weekend at the church on the west side uh, just to honor men where honor is due. And, and these men that have been through this refuge, we know all of us that's in it currently and have come through that it is not an easy task to follow the Lord. And as we battle the things and thoughts of our minds, as we battle the outside worlds and circumstances and just all the things around us, and most importantly, our own thinking, um, I just want to commend you men that have completed and that will be honored and uh, just say thank you for being an example of Jesus Christ, of, of being faithful, of being committed to the task, and also of being great witnesses for the men around you, the men behind you, and truly the people that you touch, your families and all those that are watching. And, and I just want to say again, I appreciate you and I love you. God bless.
time now for our reading in the New Testament for today. And today we'll be reading from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 26 in our one-year Bible. Here's an overview of uh, some of what we'll find there as we narrate today. The spiritual gifts given to each person by the Holy Spirit are special abilities that are to be used to minister to the needs of the body of believers. By the way, this is not an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. There are many gifts. People have different gifts. Some people have more than one gift, and one gift is not superior to another. All spiritual gifts come from the Holy Spirit, and their purpose is to build up Christ's body, the church. Instead of building up and unifying the Corinthian church, we read today the issue of spiritual gifts was splitting it. Spiritual gifts had become symbols of spiritual power, causing rivalries. Egos were out of control. Some people thought they were more spiritual than others because of their gifts. This was a terrible misuse of spiritual gifts because their purpose is always to help the church function more effectively, not to divide it. We can be divisive if we insist on using our gifts our own way without being sensitive to others. We must never use our gifts as a means of manipulating others or serving our own self-interests. We'll also read here as we get down to verse 3 that anyone can claim to speak for God. And the world is just full of false teachers. Paul gives us a test to help us discern whether or not a messenger is really from God. Does he or she confess Christ as Lord? Don't naively accept the words of all who claim to speak for God. Test their credentials by finding out what they teach about Christ. And then we'll also see that God is completely involved in the giving, using, and empowering of gifts. Specific gifts, places of service, and activities vary. But they all have their best effects when they build up the body of Christ, the church. God creates a unique place in the body for every believer. Gifts and ministries may overlap, but each believer has a specialized, God-designed role. Part of the exciting adventure of following Christ involves discovering one's service contribution and then making it available to God. Make serving God and His people your motive as you utilize your gifts. And now let's read all about it here in the New Testament. August 19th, the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 26. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your Corinthians question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I, Paul, don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, 
and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one Spirit, and we all share the same Spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it, and if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the book of Psalms, our narrative today will come from Psalm 36, verses 1 through 12. We'll see that because the wicked have no fear of God, nothing restrains them from sinning. They plunge ahead as if nothing's going to happen to them. But God is just and is only delaying their punishment. This knowledge should hold us back from sinning. Let the fear of God do its work in you to keep you from sin. In your gratitude for God's love and mercy, don't ignore His justice. In contrast to evil people and their wicked plots that end in failure, we'll read here today that God will triumph. He's faithful, He's righteous, and He's just. His love is as vast as the heavens. His faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. His righteousness is as solid as mighty mountains. His judgments are as full of wisdom as the oceans are with water. We need not fear evil people because we know God loves us, judges evil, and will care for us throughout all eternity. And then we'll read that the term fountain of life is a vivid image of fresh cleansing water that gives life to the spiritually thirsty. The same picture is used in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, where God is called the fountain of living water. And then, of course, Jesus spoke of himself as living water that could quench thirst forever and give eternal life. 
Psalm 36, verses 1 through 12. For the choir director, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all in their blind conceit. They cannot see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. They lie awake at night hatching sinful plots. Their actions are never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God! All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. Don't let the proud trample me or the wicked push me around. Look, those who do evil have fallen. They are thrown down, never to rise again. Proverbs 21, verses 21 and 22. Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. The wise conquer the city of the strong and level the fortress in which they trust. Oh, 
You make me feel better You make me feel better Travis Jones, I'm moving on to second phase today, and um, now before I knew the Lord, I, my heart was so messed up, I didn't know who I was, and when I looked in the mirror, that's all I seen was an animal, and um, I just came to the point where I couldn't go on one day, and that's when I asked God for help, and ever since then, He's been in my life, and even though I haven't been the best at following Him, He's never given up on me, and He's always been there whenever I Whenever I called on him, and um, you know, he brought me through a lot of dangerous situations, and he's protected me through it, and he's seen me through to till today. And I know he ain't giving up on me. Um, you know, I, I I got my life together, and I and I fallen off, but um, you know, he picked me back up out of that. Before I came to the refuge, about a month before I overdosed, and uh, I was in my mom's bathroom, unconscious, and. And she was about to stop at the store, and um, she had this thought to go home, and I know it was God telling her to come home, and, and she got there, and I, I was laid out on the floor, and, and um, you know, she called the paramedic, and about a month later, I, I just knew I had to do something, because my life was about to jump way, way off track again, I didn't want to go back down that path, so I, um, I, I knew I had to get off the dope, and I knew I had to get through withdrawals, and um, <clears throat> so I... I um, you know, I ended up laying it out on on my couch and um, on my mom's couch, and when I was laying there through the worst of my withdrawals, I had a vision of whenever I overdosed and I was over top of my body and I seen my body on the on the floor and I I I knew I was fighting for my life and there were some demons around me and um, God sent this blast of light down and it blasted the demons back and that's when I came back to consciousness and. And um, I know I'm not crazy. I know God sent me that vision to show me that He He's the only reason I survived through that. And um, you know, I prayed. And, you know, I knew I had to do something. I didn't know what I was going to do after withdrawals, and I was praying about it. And I called someone, and He's really strong in the Lord. And He told me that I'm in a spiritual warfare, and that I probably wasn't going to make it out there if I didn't get in somewhere. And so I started calling around. And, for some reason, the refuge, um, it just it seemed like it was a place to go. So I prayed about it. I wasn't sure. I was scared. And, um, you know, I opened my Bible up one night, and um, I, I don't remember what verse it was, but I remember it said, the Lord sent me in a large place. And um, I knew right then that the refuge was, which was for me. And, you know, I, 
I didn't have a way up here, and uh, God provided a way, and it's just amazing the way He's seen me through and brought me here to the refuge, and I've been here, you know, a month now, and, you know, before I came in, I was kind of, I was mad, and I blamed a lot of things on God for falling off, and, and since I've been here, I've been asking Him to change my heart, and He has, and He's just been, He's been rocking me inside, and just, and just changed me, and, and, um, you know, I'm here today about to get a second phase, and I'm not giving up, I know the Lord won't give up on me, so I'm not giving up, and, um, and that's my story. This is Alex Claiborne transferring to phase three um, today. I just wanted to say, guys, that I'm just, I just truly wanted to thank God for bringing me this far. You know, five months ago when I came in here, I never seen myself making it this far. And it's, it's only by getting up and giving God every day that I have made it this far. You know, I put my trust in God and I followed him. You know, phase two has been good to me. It was, it was good. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better group of brothers to, to go through it with me. We had fun. And at the same time, we were there for one another. We, we just... We're there for each other all the way. We were solid. You know, I learned how to develop real friendships and relationships with others without the drugs and the alcohol. And I truly hope to see every one of you guys in phase three with me here soon. And I, I believe that you'll be there. Just take it a day at a time. You know, I look forward to getting to know the guys in phase three that I, I don't know that well, that are way ahead of me. And, I, and reuniting with the brothers that, that were ahead of me that I was in phase two with. You guys in phase one, just push forward and take it a day at a time, you know. Someone told me when I was in phase one to just get through my first week there and it would get easier. And that's what I did. I pushed to get through that first week. Just uh, just don't give up, you know, because God, God has a plan for you guys. See y'all. Good morning, gentlemen. This is Pastor Don Anderson coming to you live from the Vent County Farm. Our devotional this morning will be coming to us from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, which read... Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. In this passage that we are discussing, the Apostle Paul is simply telling the Colossian people that the wicked person that they once were before they became Christians has died, and now their new life is somehow mysteriously hidden in Christ. Because they have become this new man, then they should behave like it by setting their minds on things above, so that they can be renewed in the knowledge of their Creator, and by abstaining from evil practices. According to the New International Version Study Bible, verses 1 through 10 set forth what has been described as the indicatives and the imperatives of a Christian. The indicative statements describe what believers are in Christ, while the imperative statements indicate what believers are to do as a result of who they are in Christ. 
the indicative statements being made about Christians in this passage are that they are dead, according to verse 3. They have been raised with Christ, according to verse 1. They are with Christ in heaven, according to verse 3. And finally, they have taken off the old self and put on the new self, according to verses 9 and 10. The imperative statements being made about Christians in this passage say that they are to set their hearts, which can also be translated as minds, on things above, according to verses 1 and 2. Second, they are to put to death practices that belong to their earthly nature, according to verses 5. These practices include sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And finally, they are to rid themselves of practices that characterize the unregenerate self, according to verse 8. These practices include anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. I chose this passage of scripture as my devotional today because I wanted to remind you in case you had forgotten or inform you in case you have never been told that if you are a Christian today, the man that you once were is dead. That old man that you once were died when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And now you have been made alive with Christ. All the things that happened to you in the past and all the things that you did in your past, are in the past. And thank God your past has been covered by the precious blood of Jesus, who has forgiven you of all your sins, and has placed His Spirit inside of you, so that you can live a holy life that is pleasing and acceptable to God. The things that used to make you happy and bring you pleasure, will no longer bring you pleasure, because God's Spirit is now living inside of you. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So I challenge you today to let go of the past and embrace the future by setting your mind on Christ. Forget about that guy that you used to be and embrace the new man that God has created you to be. Jesus is your life now, guys. Your faith, hope, love, peace, strength, and purpose will only come by being rightly related to Jesus. Jesus said in John 14.6 that He is the way, the truth, and the life. Life is found in Jesus Christ. I hope this devotional has ministered to you this morning, and I hope that you have a blessed day.